Why'd you do it? What'd I do? So, yesterday at the old folks' home, this ancient old lady comes up to me. She's like 98. And she's like, why'd you do it? <gasps> Why did you do it? And at first I thought, did she see me take a pin from the bin that says, do not take these pins? Because <laughs> I was like, I meant to put it back, I swear. I'm now mortified. She was like, my phone. Why'd you take it? Why'd you do it? Oh, okay. And then I was like, oh, God, thank God. It's just this. Just yeah. an accusation just... of actual stealing and not the pen. Yeah. Right? Because that would have actually ruined my reputation <laughs> if someone had found out about that. Oh, my God. It literally says right on the sign, don't, don't do it. Don't, please don't do it. So she walks at maybe one centimeter a minute of speed <laughs> and so i had to walk all the way back with her to her room i was like i'll help you find it so like we walk into her little room and it's just sitting right there when you walk into the door i love it it took me 25 minutes to escort her all the way to the room <laughs> just to walk in and find the phone what did you talk about on the way to the room you nothing know, we did talk about things but some of the things that these people say i can't repeat okay like, some of the random shit that comes out of their mouths is shocking okay yeah 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 i feel that and um, i just don't even mood. like I, I, what what so it kind of got me thinking right because these people have everything technically when they wake up and nothing to lose it's nothing for their lose. lives which they're probably just every like, meal is provided for everything they could possibly want all they have to do is call the desk and i'll do it what is enough what is enough to make someone happy and i really wanted to talk about that today and i got Ooh, some articles i love it so i found this article that was really interesting from psychology today to start off obviously because wow. it's been a hot minute so yeah we're we've missed you i know i'm back yeah. so the article is called how do you know what's good enough and this is kind of tied into the idea of perfectionism and knowing inside of us what's enough. <gasps> I love this because I, yes, I want to talk about perfectionism. And oh it kind of, and so like the other article kind of moves a little further, but this okay. one raises some really interesting points that I've actually not considered before. One point in particular. Mm, okay, let's and so, do this. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, I'm, I'm Skylar. I'm Sammy. Welcome to Speaking we're of which, Let's get into and we're diving right okay, into we're it. Diving right in. So, can striving for perfection be freely chosen and not just compulsive behavior? So, this article kind of is addressing... Give us that sentence again, like, just a little bit slower. Can striving for perfection be freely chosen, not just compulsive behavior? So, is it possible to be a perfectionist and love being a perfectionist and it not be compulsive behavior? So, a lot of the assumptions yeah, around perfectionism yeah. is the assumption that it's negative and yeah. that it's compulsive and yeah. that you can't stop. Yeah. And this article kind of raises some points about what's the difference between someone that actually likes being a perfectionist and people that actually suffer from it as a compulsive behavior. Right, like maybe more, yeah, compulsive. So, the first one is the curse of perfectionism. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people relate dun, to. Dun, dun, dun. dun perfectionism is about doing things or struggling to do things in accordance with the loftiest of standards and these standards frankly make very little logical sense you might for instance spend many hours refining a report for your boss even though it's totally acceptable and you may miss important deadlines get fired etc because you just can't stop working on something that's already good enough I don't suffer from this at work, I must say. <laughs> I'm not the type of person that's like, I have to go back and make it perfect. Oh, see. Oh, Especially if I've got like 25 see. projects in a day. It's just... Uh, this is so... Okay. It depends. This is going to be hard for me. It, I guess maybe we should start off before we dive more into... I need to tell you guys. <laughs> First of all, we're in the basement. First of all, basement second of all i have a headache and so i have gotten a washcloth and i have somehow macgyvered it around my forehead and tied it into my ponytail but my eyes kind of hurt so i like i'm sort of blindfolded and it's crazy um so if i sound weird or whatever it's because you're suffering i'm 
suffering. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I was going to say, before we dive into, like, what this article says, we should maybe talk about just how we identify with any sort of perfectionist tendencies in Mm. our lives. I thought, I wasn't sure if we should do that, or as the article hits points, if we can find something that we relate to, and then maybe at the end, we'll... Okay, well, we'll maybe just ask, like, the, the question, like, do you at all feel like you suffer from... Or not suffer from, but like or have are a perfectionist. Have perfectionist is te- perfection. Wow. In very tendencies. certain areas of my life. Okay. I have perfectionist tendencies. I'm also a Virgo, mm-hmm. so yeah. a lot of my life. No, you know you're not. A lot of my life <laughs> is filtered through the lens of I I know what's perfect and what's not, but that doesn't mean that I care. But I can sense when something is good enough or not. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Would you say that I am a perfectionist? I think you can be a perfectionist in certain areas of your life also and not in others. I agree. I think in some instances I've done really well with, and maybe those will come up organically, but like I think um, there are instances in which if it's close, call it. But for the (laughs) most part, I do have a place for everything, and if it's not there, I do feel like murdering a village. I do find in my artwork, and we'll talk about those when it comes up, uh, that's held me back from a lot. Uh, Creating, expressing. I, I say that perfectionism is one of the shadow aspects that I am always coming back to. So, this is a good conversation. And I, I love for I love the idea of perfectionism because, yeah, I'm sure that there are ways that it's held me back in my life, but also the things that I choose to make perfect, yeah, are I, I, I enjoy it. It doesn't feel like yeah some sort of compulsive behavior. Mine I just feels enjoy absolutely doing it. compulsive. And so I thought so that that was the first aspect, right? This curse of perfectionism, blah yeah. blah blah. Uh, it's it's a compulsion. You can't stop, even okay. though you want to. But this one, the second point, is really interesting. It says, this one's called the prerequisite of perfection. Yeah. It says, there are certain things in life that literally demand perfection. Right. Right. It says, if you're a brain surgeon, the slightest failure at absolute precision will kill your patient. Yes. If you're building a house... Should your measurements be marginally off, the whole structure could end up so out of alignment that it comes tumbling down and kills everyone. Yes. It says, um, although almost all of the literature on perfectionism rightly conveys a negative bias towards it, it's yet essential to point out that good enough is not good enough in many of our lives' circumstances. I agree. I love that. So then, how interesting is that? Is that, especially online? That is something I've thought of a lot mm-hmm. and I'm loving that you bring this is like such a good topic for today as well as I just watched a video of a creator that I've been getting really into his name is Heinz and I believe it's like H. the ketchup I think it's like he spelt like the ketchup but it's supposed <laughs> to be I think it's supposed to be like in hindsight like oh, in okay. the beginning of one of his videos and stuff like there's a bunch of people using that sort of phrase but in different ways throughout like media mm-hmm. and he like strings it along in like a weird class but anyways he's like a spiritual kind of um, positive artistic creator a lot mm-hmm. of it is like let me pour you a cup of tea and let's sit down and talk Um, And I just watched one on perfectionism and how he has perfectionistic tendencies, but he doesn't see it as something of a a flaw. He says that he loves it about himself, but he also does, he did need to come to balance about how to still create, how to still produce, how to still not hold himself, let it hold him back and let it be something that is a tool Um, because in the example that he gave was like, he has a big project, he's needed photos for the marketing of it. And he did a photo shoot, hired a photographer. He said it didn't go out well. It was not the photographer's fault. 
it was his fault. He wasn't in a good energy. He wasn't in a good mind space. He couldn't get like his face and like, you know, he just wasn't there. He wasn't present. So the photos translated that way. He's like, I love the way he edited them. He was great. I just wasn't in the right zone. So instead of paying him to redo them, he's like, I'm going to try myself. They weren't perfect. And I needed them to be perfect because these shots are what is going to market my business or whatever. But instead of saying, let me hire another professional to get it perfect and exactly, he said, I'll take them myself. And he's like, I'll have fun with it. I'll wait until I'm in a good mood. I can make them the way I want. And ultimately, he showed the difference between the one and the other. And he's like, again, this was not this photographer's fault. I just was off that day and I knew that these photos weren't good. And look at these ones. And they were fun and different and quirky. And like, mm-hmm. he's like, in this case, my perfectionism came in as a tool because I recognized that this is an aspect of a project I've been trying to create that I feel like needs to be perfect to make it come all together but there's other aspects of this project that didn't need to be perfect that i needed to just get done you know Mm -hmm. um and so i will try and link that in the discord for this episode that video so people can watch the full thing and get a sense for him because he's just a cool creator in general to follow um but also the idea behind brains like what's another area that demands perfection yeah if you are an accountant for a major banking company Mm -hmm. you know you can't just have missing dollars they all have to be accounted for you can't just have money floating around and just say oh i i must have messed up somewhere you'd have to start back at the beginning there are just certain jobs in certain areas of life where you have to do it perfect yeah like your taxes or something the government will know if you owe them 45 more dollars they'll come and find you and so I mean, it depends on who you are, but... $45 more? $45. That would happen to me. Yeah, that would happen to you. I just know it fucking would. (laughs) So, I thought it was interesting to think about how you see a lot of talk about how... Let go of perfectionism and just get rid of it. There's Mm -hmm. no need. But then, there's... Tell that to a brain surgeon. (laughs) There's just not a lot of discourse around, okay, well, when you do have to be perfect, what do you do? Mm -hmm. If you struggle with it so badly, how do you take that curse of perfectionism one where you can't get anything done and then combine that with a situation where it actually does have to be perfect and i thought that that was kind of like a mind fuck you never really have to think about that too often but there are people out there every day Mm -hmm. that have to be perfect yeah how i can't relate but to me to me though like it's more weird to think about the people who don't struggle with perfectionistic tendencies especially if you're a brain surgeon and you're like laissez-faire about it you can't. Yeah. You can't. Be. Uh, oh, excuse me? Like, yeah, no. or a surgeon in general. Yeah. And think about how many surgeons there are or how many careers there are. Well, like, no, just like even gen- like people in general. Like, if someone's listening to this and they're like, I'm not a perfectionist. Like, in fact, I could, you know, if you're sitting at home and you're like, I could use to be a little bit more, like, mindful or, or, or perfect in some areas. Mama could have some higher standards over here, perhaps. Right, right, right. Or maybe, like, a little bit more concentration. Like, the, the kind of people who there's just dump ingredients in a bowl to bake a cake and they really don't look at the recipe and they also don't really know the recipe and they're like, eh, and it's And somehow food, make a perfect cake. Yeah, but, like, in other areas they might be like, bah, I haven't, I don't know the examples, but I'm just saying, like, I don't understand and I don't relate very well to those people because, to me, everyone I surround myself with is somewhat of a perfectionist and those who aren't like I can name a few in my mind right now who I'm around like there's a definite disconnect in the way that I see them living their lives in mine not right or wrong it's not like a judging thing it's just like we view the world different and we we like navigate our experiences through the world very differently because you don't care you're just like if it's done it's done and my and they're like yeah it is whatever I don't care and I'm like, but what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it's done? What do you mean? Is there such a thing? What do you thing? mean you don't care? <laughs> like, um. I just thought it was interesting that it said it's essential to point out that good enough is not good enough in certain circumstances. I love that. And, and some more like daily examples of that would be examples that I've seen working bridge at. Bridge builders. Yeah, a bridge builder or working at the old folks home. If you're in charge of somebody else's medicine, anybody could be in charge of someone else's medicine. Like, let's say one of our grandparents moved in. Mm -hmm. We would be in charge of their medicine schedule. That's not something you can fuck up. No. Especially. 
there's just sometimes in life it's it just I had never thought of that yeah. there are some areas of your life where it demands perfection yeah or there are consequences yeah that I, I feel like people don't really mention that a lot when they're talking about perfectionism, perfectionism. it just seems it's like a he missing bring, part yeah, of in that the video equation. of Heinz that I just watched he brings that up and that's like a big focus of it is like how he has struggled with it and he does see it as something that's a challenge but he doesn't think perfectionism is bad he thinks of it as a beautiful thing he's like i care so much mm. about what i do and how i do it that i want it to be perfect it's almost it's not that it's it's changing our relationship with the word kind mm -hmm. of yeah and instead of viewing it as something that's holding him back so long as he has balance and, you know, doesn't get overextended with it, he sees it as one of the best tools mm -hmm. that he can have. But he says he also knows that that's part of the reason why he started, like, daily vlogging was because he was like, I was spending 50 hours filming a video and editing it and putting it up to get, like, 200 views. And he's like, and I was fine with that because I enjoyed it and I liked it and ultimately it came out exactly how I wanted but in the end, my actual goal was to have people view it and just not spending so much time on it and producing more content and learning as I went, figuring out how to get perfect content the way I wanted by trial and error instead of having it perfect right away ended up being really well for him. And I think within like a few months, he went from like 3,000 subscribers to like 450,000 subscribers. That's a big jump. This is recent. So, so that means, so then he fits this last point of the article perfectly. It's called the selection of perfection. Yeah. There are times when you might consciously choose to transcend good enough and to, dis and to strive towards perfection. Yeah. Let's say you'd like to do something much better than what would be perfectly adequate. What I wish to suggest here is that for the sheer challenge and joy of it, doing something far better than necessary in a way that is intrinsically satisfying to you. So it's your own effort transcending the good enough and I kind of like what that guy was saying, just changing your relationship with the, your understanding of it. Yeah. Perfectionism, as we've now established, can't go away because some things demand perfection. So right. we have no choice but to change our relationship with it and I, our understanding. And I, I want to be really cautious about the way I bring this, what I'm going to talk about next up. So please forgive me. I'm going to try my best if I, if I don't say something properly. But I... I think part of the reason why perfectionism has like a negative topic on it as well is because it can often seem like it is parallel or linked with OCD. And there's, I'm not saying OCD is good or bad, but there are instances in which I know that people who have been diagnosed properly with OCD, they do see it as a challenge because it can prevent them from being able to do certain things in the way that, in the manner they want, because it kind of takes over and they lose that choice because it's compulsory. It's something that they feel like they can't choose. And so I feel like there might be whether it is like just kind of subconsciously or just like culturally links to having like perfectionism or perfectionistic tendencies to having OCD, which are two totally different things. But I think in the context of a conversation, someone might be like, oh yeah, I can't, like, I feel like I can't, I feel like I just need to be perfect. Like it's like really OCD. And like that way of conversation seems like it flows culturally mm -hmm. right now. And so maybe that's also why um, that it's linked with like not challenging or bad because again, I'm not trying to say that there's mm -hmm. something wrong with people who have been diagnosed with OCD, but it takes away, it links it with not a choice. Mm -hmm. And it, I feel like it makes perfectionism seem like it is compulsory and not something that- Like a be, mental illness. Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. And I mean, I do think that, I mean, I guess that's all I was trying to say was like, maybe that's why as well, mm -hmm. when you hear like perfectionism. So the, the language we're using yeah, is impacting how we understand. Uh, yeah. And I think it's too fluid. It's too like generalized when people throw out terms in certain conversation, either to be quirky or just because they don't know the damage. And I know that I've been, 
um, guilty of this as well, but it's more so like, mm -hmm. it's easier to be like, oh, it's, I'm just such a perfectionist. But see, also people use that as kind of like an endearing term as well. I've seen, oh. you know what I mean? Oh, like, I'm just like, like what's your such, worst trait I'm at a job interview? Yeah, like I'm, I'm a just a perfectionist. Everything yeah. just has to be right. Yeah. So it's no, but that's like so. It's true something for me. that you. It's not a cute it's thing. It's something that you have to pretend like you don't like about yourself, yeah. but you actually love it. Yeah. I'm sure that depends on your sign, but yeah. <laughs> so, I thought that was really interesting about this idea that perfection in our life isn't necessarily compulsive it's something we choose to do but also like yeah. in the case of what you were talking about some people don't choose that right but for the majority of people i do think it could be a conscious choice i want to give you an example of i have been in many a situations where i'm painting especially when it comes to like oil paint and if I'm doing something highly detailed, which I like highly detailed pieces of artwork when I'm really doing it. And I have spent 12 hours on a two inch by two inch square of a painting to get it perfect, to work it, to rework it, to work it, to rework it. And it's in my mind, I don't, when I'm in it, it's not that I feel like it needs to be perfect. Like, it's not like I'm consciously saying that to myself. It's like, it's not right. It's just not right. Like, I need to make it, like, it's just off. It's off. It's not, it's not right. But in, but in reality, it's like, it's not perfect. And what's sad about it is, like, I will do that, and then I will, like, finally get it to a spot where I'm like, ah. It's perfect. There it is. It's perfect. And I step back. And in the grand scheme of the whole context of the painting, it looks the same as it fucking did when I started. I feel better about it, and I know that when I get close up to it, I can see that it's perfect, but really, it, it didn't matter. And so, ultimately, that has really bummed me out and made it difficult for me to finish, finish work, and specifically, like, artwork, because I it, it does feel very compulsive like I won't if it's not going to be perfect I'm not going to finish it and then vice versa because it's taking me so long to make it perfect to it's paint one inch of the painting to finish it you know you saw me what I struggled with with the moth painting you know yeah. like it's it's as if I feel like I could write a memoir where the moth painting is some sort of symbol yeah that just kept appearing I think so too uh and so but, but I'm, I guess I was bringing that up because my so I, can, I can bring myself back to the space mentally every time I paint something uh, and I get into that space and it doesn't feel like I'm consciously choosing. I mean, I guess I am, but it almost feels like somewhere in between subconsciously and consciously, like I just get yeah. stuck. Because the know. the article does point out that people do get stuck in it. Yeah. It doesn't. It's not a choice always. However, the article points out that it can elements of it can be freely chosen. Yeah. And I think that maybe it was saying once you rework your relationship with it. Yeah. And ex accept it as it is. Blah blah blah. Then you can start moving on and changing and all yeah. that. So how do you know what's good enough? Yeah. How how do you know? Do you just know? Yeah. It's just an intrinsic feeling. Well, I guess it depends on what I'm doing. If we go back to... If we go back to the painting, it's almost as if, like, I see what I want in my head, and until I recreate it exactly how I on see it, it's not done. Or it's not... I can't move on. So, speaking of moving on, I've got something else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one is Good really something. I love it. Do you ever think you're not enough? No. A Stanford psychologist says it robs you of these five things. It's by um, Scott Motts, a keynote speaker, and this is from Inc.com. And so these are the five things that feeling like you're not enough rob you of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're not enough? Um, you know, I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a second because right now I'm focused on trying to read this article coherently. Okay, I love that for you. And so O'Reilly pinpoints these five things that you're robbed of. Dreams, ambitions, relationships, health, and happiness. Now, 
I got that's a brutal list yeah. of things that you're robbed of. Those are like the biggest when you feel like things. you're not enough. There's, how are these not the biggest things in your life? Yeah. Your dreams, ambitions, relationships, health, and happiness. Uh-huh. So basically, what do you do? How do you get out of this space of some? What I'm doing is not enough. Who I am, not, who I am, is not enough. And I feel like it kind of ties into perfectionism a bit because somehow we know what we're looking for and we're not there. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that's kind of a form of... All the fire signs listening to this, or the fire sign placements are like, I cannot relate to this. I have been more than enough and I will always be enough since... As you know, if, if we look at Skylar's natal chart, there's nothing hovering in the fire areas. I just have everything in water and air. <laughs> I have my Venus and Aries and that's a about it uh so yeah so this is tip one and i find this in in the the tips that were outlined here i felt related really nicely to that article about the different types of perfectionism changing your relationship to what you see as good enough and what you don't see as good enough these tips actually tied really nicely into this this whole concept we love psychology today and this this one's from ink.com oh god we're really veering off the path here so first you have to assign yourself a baseline of inerrant value Mm -hmm. right that seems pretty standard good advice for yourself or just like in general so it says like let's say you're starting on a new journey yeah you're a new person things are different it says a lot of people actually start at the bottom when it comes to their value like they start at the bottom and then build their way up with value and it says a lot of people assume they're fairly worthless So it says, you're actually encouraged to start by realizing that you do have inerrant value, period. There's no, I'll feel better about myself if I get the next thing done. It's non-negotiable. Set a baseline value that does actually make sense for you. So you can't just set a baseline value of, I'm amazing, if you don't actually think that. You just have to start with a baseline value of, I'm worth something. Instead of fairly worth, I feel like worth something is much better psychologically than fairly worthless. Is that controversial? No, it's not. (laughs) I'm just thinking about it in context of like how I feel, I guess. Like, how do I, I think I've, even since I was little known that I was like, I've always thought of myself as fairly adequate. I don't think I've ever seen myself as fairly, oh my God, what? Are as, you okay? as fairly worthless, yeah. I've always seen myself. Well, as now you are. Fairly, I, now I'm fairly worthless. <laughs> I'm worthless, fairly. Okay, but this next tip I have actually never heard, but apparently it's very common. Okay. It's called live by the 90-10 rule. It's a simple formula for calculating your self-worth. 90% of your self-acceptance and self-appreciation comes from yourself, and 10% of your worth is actually assigned in coming from others. Yeah, I feel like if you were 100%, you're just like a full-blown, like, you're just a full-blown a problematic, crazy. narcissistic. Yeah. No, you're not, like, crazy, but you're definitely, yeah. like... It says, it's unrealistic to not have at least some slice of worth come from the external validation of others, because that is human nature. We get into trouble when the 10% migrates up. And so, when... Yeah. Um, it says, strive for authenticity. There's that word again. Not approval. Blah, blah, blah. Choose joy over judgment. Appreciation over expectations. And if someone tells you you're not meeting their standards, ask yourself if they even get a vote. Yeah. Like you. Exactly. You're not meeting my standards. Okay. Well then, bye. Luckily, ten percent of my value only comes from you, so ninety percent of me is still doing okay. Yeah. And I thought that was so. Eighty percent of me doesn't give a shit. I thought that was really interesting because sometimes when we've talked about self worth and some of the articles that I was reading and knowing when you're good enough and knowing what's good enough, a lot of it's saying it all has to come from you. But there is actually a portion of these things that come from others. It's a, when other people recognize the good work that you're doing, when other people, you know, see what you're doing, how could you not feel good about that by being seen by someone else that's not you and totally validated by that? I agree. So I thought that was interesting. I've never. I think I've never your self worth comes from like thirty percent yourself, seventy percent other people. <laughs> That's because seventy percent of people are giving me seventy percent of what I can't give myself. I love that for you. So because everyone in my life is just so validating for me, and, and aggressive. And I've never actually heard it put like that. The ninety ten rule: ninety percent of validation. When I hear ninety ten, from- I just think about what was that movie where they were like trying to teach how to kiss. 
was it like something with I think it was with Will Smith or something and never been kissed with Drew Barrymore no I don't think so and I think Will Smith is like 9010, dude, 9010. <gasps> oh, Do you know Hitch. what I'm talking about? Hitch, I think it is. And he's like, you know, you lean in and then they come the rest of the way. And then they kiss in that famous movie yeah. commercial. Yeah. And uh, so when I hear 9010, and I say that to George sometimes, where I'm like reaching over in bed to give him a good night kiss and I've done most of the work, but I still can't reach it. And I know he could just turn Do his the head. And I, and I go, 9010, dude, 9010. Come on, come on in, come on in. You know, like. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that so um, when Skylar compliments. 90-10, people. Yeah. All right? 90-10. I've already given myself 90% of what I need today. I'm going to need you guys well, to Well, there is up. a new conversation back that's titled Skylar's Compliments. And Thank it's God. currently empty, so if anyone wants to <laughs> fill it up with some stuff again. So this is tip three for feeling like you're enough. Stop waging worth wars. Huh. Um, even with how much research I've done on this topic and the fact that I help others stop doing this, I still catch myself doing this. Um, the only comparison that matters is to who you were yesterday. Easier said than done. It's a lifespan of work. So, yeah. A lot of people, I guess, compare themselves to others. How can you not? How can you not? And so, I guess it says when you start to do that, an easy thing is is just to think, well, am I better than I was yesterday? Or who am I compared to who I've been? And just seeing your own progress. I think that's the hardest part for me. Is n It's not about comparing myself to others. It's when I get into these periods of my life where there's an area in which I might be struggling currently. And so I compare myself to who I was in the past if it was better. Mm -hmm. And then, like, there might be. So, like, you've there already peaked. Be... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, but, in other areas, I'm peaking now, and so I can recognize that as well. So you it's know, all I'm like, downhill. It's just kind of depends on which part of me we're talking about. But I think I have a harder time comparing myself to past versions of me versus comparing myself to others. May I, I mean, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like that from patterns that I do. It kind of depends on who you are as a person because when I look back at myself over the course of my life, I actually see somebody fairly consistent. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, the Virgo you get is just consistently. If, if everyone went back in vanilla. time, if everyone went back in time and had a conversation with nine-year-old me, it would sound strikingly similar to, <laughs> to, to a conversation that you, you would have with me today. <laughs> Oh, just good. like very polite, you know, like yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I don't actually have worth wars with myself because apparently I've mastered the craft since out the womb. <laughs> since out the womb, you've been the same neutral vanilla. Now this next thing is interesting to put into words. I'm sure we could have all, in, you know, intuitively guessed this. I'm gonna stop you. What? I have a question. This is totally <laughs> off topic. What? I said vanilla. If I want you to to guess or to make an assumption about what if I was an ice cream flavor, mm -hmm. what flavor would I be? And then also justifications why, and then yourself, not what your favorite, I know, not no, what your I, favorite. I know is. what I would be. Okay, I'd be vanilla <laughs> with cookie dough chunks, but there's only three cookie dough chunks. Okay, so every once in a while you're like, fuck yeah, I got it. <laughs> And then you eat an inch, nothing. And then you think, oh my god, this is a bad batch. <laughs> but then you hit another one and you and think, oh my god, yeah. it's going to be smooth sailing from here. And you here. go, I wish there was more. I wish there was more. But I'm okay with it. So you get the second one, it's gone for a while, yeah. and then bam, at the very end you get another one. Yeah. And then you think, I guess it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now your flavor. Yeah. I know, think of it. And I'm going to think about... Uh, yours is tough. Yeah. Yours would have a lot of ingredients in it. And they don't necessarily all make sense. No, they don't. This is this is a seasonal flavor that not many people would buy. No. I, I've got to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones who do This is the one you find. Swear this, by this, it. This <laughs> <laughs> You're the flavor that ends up going on clearance at the yeah. end. Uh -huh. But 
it had a massively successful run for a short bit there. Mm -hmm. But then when people are done with it, they're done. Yeah. And those people who are still in it to win it, when they find it on clearance on the shelf, they, they buy up. like eight they batches. They buy in bulk. And they come home and it's like all they can talk about. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, I definitely feel like sort of like a spinoff pistachio ice cream. Yes. Um, more like a you mint either. pistachio. Yeah. I don't think I'm... I don't think I'm that fresh to be mint. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, like a... Shit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's, don't the, what's know the opposite either. of mint? Like I can't. a dairy-free pistachio a dairy ice cream. <laughs> Tofu like, bits? Like, <laughs> 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 no, something that like hurt, like pieces of caramel where you think it's good, but then it gets stuck it gets in your stuck teeth. It gets stuck in your teeth. It's sticky. And you have like problematic cavities. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think I'm like a you either love it's me actually, or you it's hate It's such a me. long title that you can't remember what it's called, but everyone's like, you know that one ice cream with all the shit in it that yeah. you can only get around Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that one. That one. <laughs> I'm like the candy corn of people. <laughs> you <laughs> like if candy you know, corn if you're was the an candy ice cream corn flavor. Of people, you have your audience. Yeah, exactly. You're around. People tolerate you. I'm seasonal. Everyone, Definitely everyone has expired. some candy corn in their bag, yeah. but that doesn't mean they're eating it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I think that was fun. I so, am candy corn ice cream. And I am vanilla ice cream with three. Yeah. However, the chunks of cookie dough are substantial. Like, yeah. they're, they're good. I would say, too, that you're like a name brand ice cream. Yes. But, like, you are the most disappointing name brand <laughs> flavor from that. I feel like... So, like, if it was, like, Ben and Jerry's, mm -hmm. you would be the flavor that was, like, oh, I've never tried this one before. I, I mean, I guess... It's kind Actually, of... I'm amending it. Okay. You're at one of those frozen yogurt places where they put the toppings on for you. Yeah. And you order a vanilla, and you order a scoop of cookie dough yeah but for some reason they give you the most pathetic yeah little scoop you've ever seen in your entire life or three it's cookie like, dough pieces or it's like graham crackers so you know from the beginning like, what you know you, <laughs> you know from the beginning kind of what you're getting but you're yeah. still hopeful yeah <laughs> that things might change and or, they don't or or you're like so looking forward to the pieces of cookie dough but they're rock hard and you can't even <laughs> chew them so you just kind of have to eat around them. <laughs> so you put them in the oven and turn them into actual cookies. So this I've been is... trying to turn you into an actual cookie for it's years not... now. It's not working. Because unfortunately that cookie dough isn't real. It's expired. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to self-worth, know that it's the small moments and not the big ones that erode our self-worth. <laughs> it says big letdowns uh, don't help feelings of self-value. But it's actually life's daily little attacks that add up and create even more destructive thinking than big moments. Yeah. It says the little jab about how you're not great, <laughs> about how you're <laughs> not good with numbers, blah, blah, blah. They create an unhealthy expectation that cracks open her armor. Catch yourself in these small moments and thrust them into perspective. And by the way, when you're in those big moments that challenge your self-confidence, shut down your nuclear reactor and stop catastrophizing. Oh, yeah, so easy. Just stop down. Yeah. Just have you considered turning... not being upset? Have you considered, <laughs> yeah, have you considered trying to be happy? I just, that, that's... It, it comes with the territory with I these know. articles. I know. You know, some of that yep. stupid advice. That doesn't mean that it's bad advice. No. Because sometimes when I am having a full meltdown, I do have to say, okay, Skylar, stop catastrophizing and just, you know, get over it for a minute. Yeah. And sometimes that fucking works. Yeah. I, I, there's no guarantee that it will, but if you haven't tried it, then... It was like the time where you fucking had your car and it was like not working well. And you're and like... And I started catastrophizing. You were like, let's just go out and open the hood. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, what are we looking for? You're like, I don't know, but I, don't I feel know, like I'll just know if something's like wrong. I'll see it. it. And I was it. like, you think you're going to know when you look at the hood underneath that something's wrong so, and you're like yeah i just need to do it it's, it's gonna be i just feel like there's an animal in there or like it's so, gonna be leaking and honestly like i said it's the little moments so <laughs> so step one of building my self-confidence was learning how to open the hood <laughs> 
And that felt like a big step for it me. It was. And, and then I'm finding so out that my car didn't have one of those things to hold the hood up. So I yeah. just had to hold it manually. Yeah, and it looked beautiful on the inside. It, you know, it really did look okay in there. I was shocked. Yeah. It's, I actually couldn't tell if, if everyone listening can tell. Okay, I have a question. So, thinking about Hogwarts houses. Okay. Right? Let's talk about each house and which one of them, like... Like how much would they lean into like perfectionism and how do you think just mm. like the general houses deal with well, like their Let's not do Harry Potter because I am just... Over it? No, not over it. I'm just seeing a lot of stuff right now where we're not talking about Harry Potter right now. Ugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just so we I just, feel like it's coming to spooky time. It is coming to spooky time, but it's still September. So we gotta, no! we gotta wait till Don't October you 1st. You know, and... I'm just not. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'll, no, I don't. I'll never understand that, but that's okay. How about um, um, well then you come up with something. I can't. So I do have the fifth tip, fifth All and final right, tip. Fine. So it says it came from somewhere, so send it back. I don't know what this means actually. <laughs> let, let me check. I don't get that. It says uh. These in Actually, we're just skipping that one. I don't even know what that means. I love that we didn't get to do my Harry Potter thing, but you didn't even have yours ready. <laughs> Think of what will change if you believe you're already enough. Is the final tip. Yeah, imagine how Gabby Bernstein. I know. How Gabby? How Gabby is this? It says, "Imagine if you really believed this. Seriously, I mean, stop and complete this sentence. If I believed I were already enough, I'd blank." And. It's weird. I would have an OnlyFans. I would have an OnlyFans is a great one. <laughs> I would be helicoptering on cam for all two of my viewers. Helicoptering you. But I just know if I created an OnlyFans, there would be like two people on. One person just to see it and laugh, and then the other person who was like, yeah, he's fine. Don't pretend you have enough of a wang to be able to helicopter it. <laughs> I would helicopter it. In fact, I don't know. What's bigger than a helicopter? <laughs> I'd Boeing 696 it. <laughs> that was good. So, if I believed I wrote enough, I actually thought of something. Oh, okay. I'd speak more languages. If I truly, if like, if I believe, which is a, because I would have made more of an effort. I would have, if I had already believed that I could actually do what I want to do, don't I would do you it don't more. Don't think that you can. Well, languages are difficult because sometimes. Even if you've been studying for years, uh -huh. let's say you're listening to something and you should know what's going on, but you actually just have no idea what's going on and okay. you just don't understand it. And then you start to get frustrated uh -huh. and then you start to think, oh can my I God, can I speak this language? <laughs> like, am I just completely an idiot? And then you just kind of start to doubt yourself because it's a language. Okay. People speak really fast. It's, they speak in idioms. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even understand Dial each like other. Like different dialects for different parts Different of dialects. There's so many reasons that you wouldn't understand something, but when it happens, you can't help but feel like you're an idiot in that everything you worked for is for nothing. Well, it's probably true. That's probably true. <laughs> well, actually, let me go back to what was it? Tip number four about um, cracking your armor. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you no, you're like if I felt like I was already enough, I would speak more languages. So yeah, but I think that that has to do more so with just your dedication to it than yeah. Being I feel it. dedicated, but also. There's this portion of it where I'm not good enough, so why should I even try? It's kind of a waste of time. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's not that I'm not That's dedicated. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. It's start, you start to feel kind of defeated. Yeah. And you're like, am, am I... You start to really question... Is this even worth it? Am I wasting my time? Yeah. And not that I don't waste all of my time, but I'm like... <laughs> not that all my time isn't Not that all my time isn't wasted, but... General. But for some reason, I'm really fixated on not wasting my language time. <laughs> So, thanks, Brain. I found this, um, just this title made me funny. I couldn't access the article. It made me funny? <laughs> it made me funny. And it made me funny. So, I actually couldn't access the article because it cost money. Uh, okay. So, this, that's how you know it's legit. This is an actual yeah. study. Oh, okay. And it's, or it's a scam. It's from Oxford, and it's called Pursuing Positive Emotion. Why could wanting to feel happy be linked to psychopathology? Uh, what? Yeah, right, what? And it sort of just said, wanting to feel happy 
linked to psychopathology. So, uh, 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 where's okay? Right, I, I, there's yeah. no abstract or anything, and I desperately want to know what this article is about. So, if someone wants to spend the thirteen ninety nine, read it and send it to me. Send me screenshots. Please send me screenshots please. illegally, of course. <laughs> Why? When or they don't read it. They pay for it. They don't read it. They send just it to me. I'll it. analyze and it. So and so they don't have to feel like they're stealing. You know, or Thank getting you. more than you know. Yes, you don't read it. Just you send don't it read to me. it. It's like when Phoebe it. really wanted to eat meat, but she was a vegetarian, but she was pregnant. But that's what the babies wanted. The triplets wanted meat, and so Joey told her. I thought you were talking about Phoebe the dog no. for a split twenty seconds there. <laughs> no, no, in Friends, and Joey said, "Well, well, how about this? How about for the rest of the time Joey. you're pregnant, I won't eat any meat, and so no, no additional animals will die. You can just eat all the meat I was gonna eat." Is that kind of like it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like, were not is. listening. No, I was. Oh. I lost. You lost me somewhere <laughs> after, at, at the third stanza of yeah. your poem over there. It's, not, it's a retelling of a scene of Friends. Yeah, absolutely. I have one final thing to share. Okay. It's called, um, and actually did access this article legally. I'm not. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> just kidding, everyone. It's like. Don't, don't arrest me. So it's I called, would do so poorly in jail. I would do so poorly there. I would thrive. <laughs> you would, I would thrive. You would be a leader of a bunch of people. I absolutely would be the bitch tattooing other people. Oh, yeah. This one's called the, like a hair tie. the Funs, Friends, and Faith of Happy People by David G. Myers from Hope College. What and a cute title. I know, The Funs, Friends, and Faith of Happy People. And this article is really long. It's... 30 pages or something Jesus like that Christ. and it's all small text and he explores like across the globe what makes people feel happy and what is enough for someone to be happy did you read the whole thing i read like you know 70 percent of it i skipped around mm -hmm. it, i didn't look Got at the, the i didn't look at the charts because i don't look at charts oh really charts are like my favorite part oh really not if the charts aren't saying much or if the chart mm. is explained in the article why I look at the chart and so, I read it when you can just look at it. Well, I read it when you go look at it. And what, all around the world, when asked about their happiness... All around the world, <laughs> so people, for me. me. I know how much I... Flagged. And you, yeah, right, so, the internet doesn't care about... It says, um, three in ten people say they are very happy across the world. One in ten people. Three in ten. Three in say ten that people. Happy? Three in ten people are very happy. Very happy. Three in ten people in the world, by the way. One in ten people are not too happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. That's us. <laughs> and the remaining six in ten describe themselves as pretty happy. Yeah, right. So we're pretty happy. We so, wouldn't yeah. say we're pretty we're happy. We're pretty happy. So seven in ten people across the world describe themselves as pretty happy. And get this. Um, it also ties into even people in the poorest countries yeah. experience some of the same happiness capacities as us during the day, even though they're living in situations that we would see as not happy. Yeah. It does point out that people in the lowest of the low of socioeconomic statuses, like in sub-Saharan Africa and stuff, yeah. where people are starving to death, yeah. those people are generally not happy. Yeah. Which makes fucking sense. Right. But it said once people have their basic needs met, where they have shelter and food, which is um, a majority of the world's population, about 7 in 10 people. Okay. It says most people have a the same baseline mm. of contentment. Like, yeah. It... And the richer Americans get, specifically Americans, it didn't really point out this part, the richer Americans get, they don't get happier. Mm. There they is, do get more freedom with what they can and can't do, I It says like. that they get more... There, it's, it, it talks about how, obviously, it's nicer to have a Maserati than it is to have an old Honda, mm -hmm. but the baseline happiness is the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and actually, Detroit was featured in this article. Really? It says, reporters walked around Detroit for a few weeks and surveyed, uh, it was like 10,000 people or something. Survey says? And they gave them a picture of smiley faces, ranging from big smile to, like, frowning. And 9 in 10 people picked the happiest face. Yeah. I feel like you'll see that, like, in Detroit. Um, I wouldn't, I, 
I wouldn't say we're the happiest of cities because I've been to some cities where like it's happy every single fucking person you're even sort of around will take time to be like hey how are you like have a wonderful day and I'm leaving there like is this fucking Pleasantville but I will say that if you go and walk around downtown currently and like if you're in Detroit and you know it's most areas where there's going to be people to walk up to with smiley face signs like gen generally i would say most people are are, are happy. happy and friendly and like out like they're not saying hi to everyone that passes by um yeah i thought that was interesting nine and ten people just randomly if you could pick any face you wanted pick the happy face Nice. And but also they asked them like, "How are you feeling about your life as a whole?" Mm. And they were like, and they big picked, frowny they face. Picked, yeah, big fucking frown. But also, okay, in nine, this Frowning one made me, clown. this one made me laugh out loud. Yeah. In 1998, there was a random survey, and the question was, "Who of the following people do you think is the is the happiest?" 23 percent of people said Oprah Winfrey. Seven percent of people said Bill Gates. 12 percent of people said the Pope. And this is the most random of all. 3% of people said Chelsea Clinton was the happiest person on the earth. <laughs> what the fuck? So, also... That was just... Wait, what? 49% of people picked themselves, and 6% oh, of people so said, I don't know who's happy. Like, who's the happiest person alive? That's so cute. 3% of people. Chelsea Clinton. So Chelsea Clinton was the happiest person alive. What are, like, what? 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 She got featured on the list. That made me laugh out loud. I was like, who? What? who do, okay, who do you think, if you had to pick a celebrity, do I believe is genuinely happy? Like, the happiest, like, just radiates, like, happy. Oprah happy Winfrey. Really? Oh, I think she is content and i think she is pers- she has good perspective but i don't see her as like i don't happy. think that it's necessarily like active like feeling orgasmic joy no, every I, moment okay well that's what i'm asking i'm asking like, oh, like someone that is over the top yeah, happy like, all I feel the time like who is like happy you know what i mean like who's someone that you're like almost like okay shut the fuck up like you know what i mean someone disgustingly happy ryan reynolds maybe is he trouble? I can't remember. He's no, I don't think he I don't I don't think he's trouble, but he definitely does focus a lot on making things better that are very sad topics. Like him and his wife are very um they're very activist friendly when it comes to child P word mm-hmm. and like trying to stop that. Uh do you know what I'm talking about? No. Like things like it's like something that you would want. I don't try not to say the word. Mm-hmm. Um, children that are exploited for oh, things. See. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, I know that him and his wife, like Blake Lively, are like very into uh, like they're trying, activists. Yeah, basically. they're activists with that, and so you can't really fully be super bubbly happy all the time if like that's where you're focusing and trying to like better. Which I like mm-hmm. commend them for in that aspect, but. But I can see why you'd say Ryan Reynolds. I feel like... It just kind of seems like he's been out there living his best life recently. Yeah. He's got a ton of money, a hot girlfriend slash wife. His wife is smoking. Smoking. She's a banging, <laughs> banging woman. So I, th- I was she hoping... She was part of my sexual awakening with those yaya hood of the sister of the traveling pants or whatever the fuck that was where she played every fucking 90s or late 80s bi or lesbian girl and probably even just any any sort of open sexuality that could be fen like loving if you saw the scene of her coming off the soccer field all sweaty with her little ponytail like kicking back with her water bottle drink it are you are you like are that you was insane? a lot of detail right are there. you insane like, i don't even remember that no you wouldn't no this it wasn't part of my listen, awakening there's someone out there going yep i know exactly what you're talking about i uh, yes indeed it did it did <laughs> raise some huh questions huh. for me oh <laughs> oh that's new that's, new. that's different <laughs> <laughs> so um 
Okay, there was one chart I lied. I looked at one of the charts. <laughs> and so they tracked people from 1965 to 2000. I think it, it was people aged like 18. Anyways, they interviewed over 200,000 people over this over this span from oh, 1965. That's a huge a amount. Long study. It says in 1965, 80% of people wanted to develop a meaning philosophy of life. By the year 2000, that had dropped to 30%. <laughs> in 1965, 40% of people wanted to be very well off financially. And by 2000, almost 80% wanted to be very well off financially. And basically, they were asking, what do you want to get out of college? What do you want to get out of university? See, and that's hard, too, because like, I feel like in 1965, the idea of college was completely different than what it is in today and that, I mean that's part of the commentary yeah. is like what college means has changed yeah since 1965 or what it could provide so being very well off financially wasn't actually even a goal for more than 50% of students no, it's entering like to get married and to have yeah family. to get your MRS yeah. which is my, still me <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, I want to be someone's I be, MRS I want to be Miss, Mrs. Dr. Hayes yeah <laughs> <laughs> so but i don't want to do the work for it but I also i just... but that doesn't mean that you're developing a meaningful philosophy of life should have declined too i feel like you could have both that's true so why did that one why did people say suddenly i'm just not so interested in that what do you think and developing a meaningful philosophy of life maybe we all realized it was pointless yeah <laughs> jaded we were all jaded we become jaded the internet has like just jaded everyone it looks like the biggest dip may have happened between 1975 and eight, 1980 well you know there was a lot of turmoil there was that inflation stuff well there was a lot of cocaine during that time as well they could have yes. just Distracted a lot of of uh, uh, Americans. And they and actually, in 1975, the ideals perfectly intersected. Sixty uh, percent of people wait, wanted name it. Name what's the year again? 1975. Sixty okay. percent um, of people wanted to be well off financially, and sixty percent of people wanted to develop a meaningful philosophy of life. That's over a hundred percent. You mean 50%? No, because it's a graph and they're intersecting. Oh, so okay, 60% okay. of people had both of those ideals going for them at okay, once. Okay, I was, was going to say, that's more than 100%. Um, you don't math like that, I do. Listen. This is humans, why I don't look at graphs. Humans and aliens. Humans so, and 10% are aliens. It would so, be 20%, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Listen, I'm oh. just <laughs> fucking quick math, dude. Look at Miss Develop Meaningful Philosophy of Life over here. I went to college. <laughs> wow. I think this is a perfect way to transition into talking about something that's meaningful to this podcast, and that's our listeners. And Speaking of listeners, we have a new supporter. New supporter! Anna M. Thank you so much, Anna. I uh, we just assume me, not Sky, not not Skylar, just me specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce your name, A N A. Please tell us if we're wrong, because I would love to pronounce it correctly. But Anna M is a new supporter of the Speaking of Which podcast. We thank you so so much. And also, that almost never happens, people. So welcome, yeah, Anna, with been big real, open arms, real consistent, like Skylar's personality. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, guys? We just hit a piece of cookie dough. <laughs> that almost never that happens. <laughs> but you know what? To, this, to the cookie dough pieces that are still chewing in our mouths and we are grateful for Thank every you. day. Thank you so much you to these be pieces of cookie dough of the of the current state. Uh, Karen R, Stacy, Teresa D, Heather A, Alyssa S, Rebecca P K, Lindsay M, Julie C, Dominic B, Catherine L, Phil K, Amy F, Jesse D, David B, Kelly C, and Jesse H. Our little cookie dough bites that mm -hmm. we worked so so hard for and that we never want to lose because we're obsessed with you and you're the only thing keeping this vanilla pint-sized tragedy afloat <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope everyone has a beautiful, beautiful week. And thanks for bearing with us for this podcast being a little late. Let us know what you thought about any of the articles or the topics topics that we brought up today. If you want to join our Discord, it is speaking of which. And there are conversations for every one of these episodes. So if for some reason you found us late and you're listening to this out of order, you can come over to our Discord, which again, it's like free to enter. It's not like we get anything for it. It's just a fun place to keep conversations going and you can go into this episode conversation and see what other people had said or any links that we might have put there or funny gifts i guess Mm -hmm. um as well as please 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 make sure you rate this podcast on apple podcast right google apple Apple google Google Podcast, just rate this podcast if there's an option on the platform that you're listening to this on. Five stars only. Please make the um, text so random that it's annoying and Mm -hmm. no one knows what this is really about. Uh, And I think that's it. Do you have anything else to share? Will someone please leave a review that says, this podcast helped me develop a meaningful philosophy of life? No. (laughs) So they're going to listen to it and we're and then some, what flavor of ice cream do you think I am? I'm candy corn. Someone else comment, this podcast made me well off financially. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Goodbye. Okay,